the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that he created us in his own image and sacrificed his only begotten sinless son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. The mob and the religious leaders were coming to arrest and apprehend Jesus and, and, and Peter, you know, you mess with God, you mess with me. And he pulled that sword out the sheath and he went for Malchus's. Now, he went for the neck, missed the neck and sliced his ear off. He wasn't, he wasn't an ear cutter. He was a beheader. He was going for the head. He went at that head. He just had a, he aimed bad or something. He, Malchus must have ducked, caught that ear, and there it is in the ground, that bloody ear. And here it is in the night. You think Jesus wouldn't be able to find that? You know, they didn't have these lights on the streets like they do nowadays. You know, light up. It was dark out there in Gethsemane. And Jesus with his X-rated, X-ray eyes. I'm going to say X-rated, but X-ray eyes. <laughs> picked up, picked up the, the ear and put it back on Malchus, his own enemy. Ear. And the ear attached itself as if it was never taken off. You ever think about that? Now, that's love, folk. He did not retaliate. He repairs an ear. Number four, Jesus remains silent in the midst of betrayal. That's how he responds. Remain silent. Uh, Matthew 26, chapter 26, verses 62 through 63a, it says, And the high priest arose and said to him, Do you answer nothing? What is it these men testify against you? But Jesus kept silent. In Matthew 27, 13 and 14, it says, Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him not one word, so that the governor marveled greatly. Wise is the person who knows when to speak and when to shut up. Discipline yourselves to listen more than you speak, especially when you're in crisis or when you are confronted with the enemy. Listen, when you have the enemy surrounding you, it is not time to do a whole lot of talking because what you say will be used against you. Whining and trying to justify yourself does not glorify God. Whining and crying and, and, and justifying yourself does not cause your troubles to go away. How do we respond to betrayal? Number five, like Jesus, we must be willing to feed our enemies, which is a gracious act of hospitality. That's what he did. When the last time you, you gave a gift to your enemy? This time you fed the enemy. You said, oh, well, I ain't Jesus. We know you're not Jesus. You don't have to prove any of that. You don't have to prove that. It's evident you're not Jesus. But hold it. How many of you got Jesus in you? Huh? 
won't you raise your hand? Now, if you don't, there ought to be a crowd up here. If you, if you don't have, now, if you got Jesus in you, and if you surrender to him, you can do the very, Jesus will make you eat your words. He, he fed his enemy, because the scripture, the prophetic scripture about Judas is also found in Psalms 41.9. That's powerful. Even my own familiar friend, referencing Judas, in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Wow. And you also see another account of, of Judas's eating with Jesus in the, is at the supper found in Matthew 26, 23 through 25. Number six, for three years, Judas was with the disciples. How many years? Yet the disciples failed to realize that Judah was a traitor, which meant that Jesus treated Judas the same as the other disciples, even though Jesus knew that Judas would betray him. He didn't throw anything in Judas's face. He didn't treat him any differently. He respected him, which demonstrated unconditional love. Isn't that awesome that Jesus treated Judas so much the same that the disciples never knew that that man was a betrayer? Wow. And we have in John, the account of the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 2 and 3, you have Jesus taking a towel and he washes the, the Palestinian dirt off of each of the disciples' feet, including Judas's, washing a devil's feet, serving a devil. That's why God wants you to grow up. Spiritual babies can't do this. You have to have people who are on meat. Matthew 5.44 says, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. You know what you ought to do? Pray for your enemies. You say, I ain't going to pray for you. You don't know what he did to me. Listen, when you're too mad to pray, you're too mad. You ought not ever get so angry that you can't pray. Matter of fact, when you get that angry, you sure ought to be praying. And the reason you're that angry is because you haven't been praying. Number seven, how do you respond to betrayal? Refuse to allow yourself to be a pawn, to be manipulated and carry, and carry out the hidden evil agenda of others. Don't you let anybody make a fool out of you. The religious leaders made a fool out of Judas. He was just a pawn in the hands of the religious leaders. Look at Matthew 27, 3 and 4. Y'all got your Bibles? Y'all hanging with me? Matthew chapter 27, 3 and 4 says, Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back. Look, now he's going to bring it back. Brought back. It's too late now. They got who they wanted. And, and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And look what the religious leader said. What is that to us? You see to that. When they were done with him, they threw him away. And you know what folk do? They'll use you and use you and use you until they threw with you. And then when they threw with you, they throw you away. Let me give you just one illustration. I give you 50 of them, but let me give you one. To you who are single, living a life of abstinence, and you are virgin. Say virgin. Say virgin. Everybody say virgin. But last time you said virgin, it's a strange word even in the church today. But God calls us to be what? Virgins to marriage. Refuse, you virgins out there, refuse to be a pawn in the hand of one 
who says he or she loves you only to have them deceptively conquer your virginity, leaving you with pain and confusion and chaos and broken dreams and limited options and possibly a baby or debt or paying child support because they conquered you. And some boys out there, they say they love you. They don't love you as much as they do. They're like, well, you love me, you'll lay with me. You say, get out of my face. No, 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 no. You don't bargain with me. I'm, I'm not for sale. And I'm not to be manipulated because I'm, I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. Folk will use you as a pawn. And when they get what they want, you can't find that rascal for child support. Oh, God Almighty. Number eight, how do we, Jesus, like Jesus, we must be willing to put ourselves at risk being burned or betrayed if we're going to do effective ministry in the kingdom and advance the kingdom agenda. It's the way of the cross. Listen, there are some people saying, I would get in ministry if it weren't for the people. Well, now that doesn't make sense. The ministry is made up of people. I have to minister to all kinds of people. And when you're doing the work of Christ, you just can't minister to folk you like. You got to minister to the folk you that are challenging. You have to, I just, I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to be nice. I said challenging. You, you have to deal with, if you're going to do effective ministry, you have to deal with hard to love people. I mean, take every ounce of spirituality you got to love them. And that's why some of you don't get close and you don't serve because you don't, you've been burned, you've been bruised, you've been hurt, and you said, I'm not going there no, no, anymore. I'm not going to put myself in that position. That ain't Christ-like. You know what? Jesus knew exactly what they were going to do. And you know what he did? He put himself in position to be betrayed and to be abused, knowing what they were going to do because he had a greater ministry with a redemptive purpose at hand. If, if he was scared to put himself at risk, he would have never gone to the cross. You can't get hurt. You can't deal with folk mess and folk ways and their attitude and their ingratitude. Even from your own child and sometimes your own husband or your wife or your People you do for in your family, and they don't even, you, you get hurt by even those in your family, on your job. Very person you strung out and tried to help, get them hired, or, or, or get them promoted, or you did this for them, or you, or you loaned them some money, and you tried to get them going, and now that they're successful, they don't even act like they know you. That's betrayal. You know who was hurting Jesus the most? Religious folk. And you know what? I've been in ministry. I've been pastoring in this city for 25 years. And if I take my shirt off, I have my battle scars. You can't serve people and not get hurt. But you know what? If you say, uh, Draper, would you do it all over again in a heartbeat? Because what I do for Christ will last. It's, it's not about the person who hurt me. 
It's about fulfilling the divine mandate that's been placed upon me by Jesus Christ. And when you hurt me and hurt me like that and I go by and still visit you when you're sick, marry your sons and daughters and bury your dead, I don't bring that stuff up, I still love you up. You know why? Because it ain't about you. It's about Jesus. And if he took it for me, I can take it for him. Oh, God. Oh, God, help us. Number nine, how you respond to betrayal? Never seek to scheme, plot, or conspire or hurt anyone for any reason. Like Judas, you could end up hanging yourself in the process. You know what? I don't have an ounce of scheme in me. I don't know how to scheme and plot on people. That is not my nature. And people who do it are good at it. Oh, they're good at it. If I tried, I would mess it up because that's not who I am or what I'm about. You know? And and you got some people in church, they got these underlying email schemes and underlying agendas, and they have their little meat just like the religious Pharisees, and before you know it, you got a rebellion in the church. Never seek to scheme, plot, conspire, or hurt anyone for any reason. Like Judas, you can end up hanging yourself. Matthew 27, 5 says, Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. I tell you what. If you just keep loving your enemy, now that ought to be your motive to see them hang themselves. Let me qualify that right now. I'm going to do them nicely and treat them. I'm going to do them like Jesus because they're going to hang themselves. Now, that's not the reason you do good to them. But, but if God want to get them, he can get them in a way that you can't ever get them. Jesus knows how to chase them. The Lord says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 30, for we know him who said, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. The Lord knows how to whoop folk who mess with you. That's right. You just hold on and just call on Jesus. It's it's bad when you mess with me because when I say, oh, God, that woman's messing with me, do something. Man, God will come through. If I'm walking right and I'm right, God answer my prayer. He'll answer yours too. Prayer keep your enemies at bay. You know, your enemies really can't get you like they want to get you when you're walking with the Lord. The Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, I will what? Fear not, for thou art what? Thou preparest a table in the presence of mine. Right there, I'm setting the table. <laughs> enemies trying to figure out how to get me, and they thought they got me, and they end up blessing me. <laughs> Number 10. The religious leaders were experts in the law, yet their hearts were hardened with the law. They were expert in the law, but their hearts were hardened with the law. In other words, the law reached their heads, but not their hearts. If the word of God does not penetrate our hearts, then we, like the Pharisees, will have only a head knowledge of the law without a heart transformed by the law and find ourselves engaged in schemes and deceptions just like the religious leaders. Do you realize you can have a Bible 
and know a few scriptures and be just as mean as you can be. That's right. You can come in here and sing good songs, pray good prayers, and be just as ugly as you can be. You can quote several scriptures and then some, and folks, you're not attractive at all. You know why? Because the scripture's in your head, but not your heart. It is not penetrated in the areas that need it most penetrating. And it's dangerous to have the word with a hard heart. And when you resist the word, your heart becomes a little more hard. When you hear this word, when there's a pill made for you to come to Christ and you fail to come to Christ, you know what you've done? You've hardened your heart against the gospel just a little bit more. You see, Matthew 23, 23a says, how terrible it is for you teachers of the religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest part of your income, but you ignore the important things of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Number 11, like the religious leaders, if you fail to ask God to transform your hate to love, not only will you destroy yourself, but you'll destroy your family in the process. If you fail to ask God to transform your hate to love, not only will you destroy yourself, but your family in the process. The religious leaders hated Jesus so passionately until they lost their sanity because of hate and did not even care whether their families would suffer because of their hate. Now, you know you really hate when you hurt your family to get at somebody you hate that much. The scripture says in Matthew 27, 25, and all the people answered and said, his blood be on us and our children. In other words, curse our children to get at Jesus. You are insanely mad to see your children jeopardized because of your hate of a person that you just can't stand. Why does God speak so strongly against hate? Number one, there's no such thing as, as a genuine love of God while having hatred in your heart toward others. 1 John 4, 20 and 21 says, If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar, for he does not love his brother whom he has seen. How can he love God whom he has not seen? And this, this commandment, and this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. I like that part. How can he love God whom he has not seen? How can he? How can he? And you can't love your brother whom you see every day. There's no such thing as genuine love for God with a hatred in your heart toward your brothers and sisters. Number two, you know what hate does? God speaks against it so strongly. It's because it steals your joy, makes you miserable, makes you uh, just outright uh, out of it, makes you mad, makes you just out of touch. Number three, it brings physical illness upon you. You know, hate brings ulcers and headaches fatigue and loss of sleep and depression. And some of you don't need to be medicated. You need some Jesus in you to root out all that hate so you can feel better. You know, hate will bring on depression. It will. You can go, oh, doctor, I'm sick. And he's giving you all these pills. And the, and the real issue is you need to stop. You need to get all that hate out of you. And that doctor cannot open your heart and uproot hate. Okay, what kind of doctor he is? He can't uproot that hate. It takes God to deal with that hate. Number four, hate causes you to implode and ultimately explode to the point that you will harm 
get even, even murder the object of your hatred. You'll murder somebody when you hate that much. Uh, it was Annan who said, violent hatred sinks us below those we hate. You have absolutely nothing to gain from hate, but you do have everything to lose. Number five, you know what hate does? It keeps you in a state of spiritual blindness. The religious leaders hated Jesus to the point that they never made any spiritual connection to the supernatural events and miracles performed throughout his life. I mean, all the signs and wonders and the miracles and the opening of eyes and the stilling of the stormy waters and the raising up of Lazarus and Jairus' daughter and all these miracles. And Judas was, and the religious leaders, they were blinded by hate. Hate. Hate causes you to miss your God moments. Finally, but not the least, Jesus refused to allow betrayal to disrupt God's plan for his life. Jesus refused to allow betrayal to disrupt God's divine plan for his life. He remained focused and kept his eyes on the Father and finished his divine assignment. In John 19, 28 and 30, it says, After this, Judas, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up the spirit. He died. Let me tell you something. Jesus wasn't so hurt and so betrayed that he said, you know what? I'm not going to the cross. That's it. It's over. Judas betrayed me for 30 pieces of silver. Peter claiming he don't know me and cursing, saying he don't know me. The other disciples forsake, forsakes me and fled. I'm out of here. Forget this God. No, he didn't do that. Though betrayed by Judas, Peter, and the rest of the disciples, and though the religious leaders had no appreciation and such hatred. You know what he did? He did not allow the hate and the agony and everything perpetrated against him to disrupt the divine plan that God had for his life. You know what he did? He went through Gethsemane because he prayed, went on to Calvary, and he died on that cross. He was buried according to the scripture, but early Sunday morning he what? He rose from the dead. That's why we celebrate Jesus. How many of y'all know he rose? He rose early Sunday morning. He rose. He rose. He rose from the dead. He got up and he rose from the dead. And that's why we can rejoice today. That's why we can be glad today. And that's why we can handle betrayal today because we have a God in us who enables us to handle, to, to deal with the worst that come against us. To the glory of God. Satan meant it for evil against Jesus through the religious leaders, but what Satan meant for evil, God overruled, and the redemptive plan of God was complete when Jesus said, Tatalistai. In other words, it's over. I can die in God. And third day morning, God raised him up, and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father right now, waiting for the signal to go get your bride. And one of these old days, Jesus is coming back again because he's a coming back savior. He's a coming back savior. Not only will he come for me, he's going to come for you if you're in Christ. But you got to be in Christ. And you got to embrace his person and his works, who he is, God, and what he has done 
fulfilling the redemptive plan 100% for sinners like you and me. And all God's children said, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this message. Father, I do feel sorry for Judas. And then, Father, not only Judas, but I do feel sorry for these who will sit here, hear this message, and the appeal to come to you, and then leave out of here betraying you. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would wake up the spiritual dead, move the dumbness from the mouth and the ears, deafness and all of these things and awaken folks spiritually that they see Jesus. In your name we pray. And all God's children say, you know what betrayal is? Betrayal is to come in this church to understand what you have heard. To have Jesus offered to you and then you put him off for tomorrow as if you know your destiny. And the road to hell is paved with good excuses. You betray Jesus when you reject his love and his divine invitation to come to him. Some of you are saved, but you're not a regular member in a church. You just kind of been moving around. You know the Lord, but you're not planted. You know, a tree that doesn't stay planted in the same soil soon dies. And some of y'all are withering because you've been too transient spiritually. And God is saying, get out of your transient state. Put yourself in a place of accountability where you can be nurtured, where you can be challenged, where you can grow up and be all that God is calling you to be. L listen to this. You all are too old to be putting God off by now. You say, well, I'm just 20. You're still too old because if you're going to be dead by tomorrow, you're old today. God doesn't care about what color you are. He doesn't even care about your past and how bad you've been. The grace of God is sufficient to wash all your sins away and fit you for eternal life. Can't nobody do you like Jesus. There's a husband, a father that needs to step out for his children. God called you to be the priest of, of the house. There's a mother, a single parent who needs to stand up and come for her children. And, and, and the only way your life is going to be salvaged is through Jesus Christ. Your being here is no accident. God knew before the foundation of the world that you would be here and hear this particular message on betrayal because God wants to deal with you. It's not your brother, not your sister. It's you standing in the need of prayer. By faith, we trust God that you're going to be obedient and that you're going to respond and that you're not going to walk out of here with unfinished business. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.
Join us on Resurrection Sunday, April 17th at Maranatha Bible Church for our 8 a.m. worship service, children's program at 9.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. worship service as we celebrate our risen Savior. For more information, please visit us at maranathasa.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.